Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonnerfide Radio, and this is On Course with Heart Ramsey. We call these sessions Heart to Heart. It's your opportunity to hear from the heart of God through the man of God by way of very practical conversation. And Pastor Hart is with us today. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Gerard. How are you doing? I am fantastic. So we have a lot of places to go. I want to start here because, you know, uh, social media is really funny and people pick up things and run with it. So over the last couple of days, a lot of people have been talking about a young man named Keaton Jones who um, had been bullied or at least he had put a video up. His mama put a video up and he had talked about how it's wrong to be bullied and, you know, so many people uh, rallied around him and made him a trending topic. The video went viral. You know, everything from everybody from the church and, you know, artists in the church to, uh, you know, superstars in Hollywood were inviting him to places and showing support to him. And then it comes out that his mom in a social media post uh, was, you know, housing the 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 confederate flag and you know had racist thoughts and racist tendencies and then it was said that in filling in the blank the quote-unquote bullying that happened to keaton was a result of him mistreating uh his african-american counterparts in school and things of that nature so here's my first question like what do we make of this keaton jones thing do we support him do we kind of step away what do we do well, you know, man, listen, I saw that. And, and I think there there are a couple issues being um, rolled into one. And and I want to I want to begin with the fact with the bullying piece. You okay. know, as growing up as a kid, I was bullied and, um, uh, and and it was centered around the fact that my father taught his sons um, never fight in the streets. He told us, he said, you know, my, we were raised. Um, he, he was a businessman. He had money. And he told us it was undignified for us to fight in the street and not to if. Uh, if we could um, talk ourselves out the situation or even be peacemakers, they preferred that. And so many times we find ourselves in altercations where where the, the other parties were being aggressive or even bullying and we didn't respond. And, and when they saw that we wouldn't respond, we, we became targets really quickly. Mm. But what happened to me was I, was I told my brothers, bunk what dad said. I started fighting back and I became known right. you know, I became a thug because <laughs> my thing, you know, so I don't like bullying. And matter of fact, I don't. It's the one thing I believe. If you want to see me get carnal really quick, mm-hmm. um, let me let me experience because the way bullying works is like this: it's really a fight with with only one person fighting. Mm. It's like two people in a ring, but only one person is fighting. Wow! And and so um, if if you see I'm not fighting back, if you see a person's not fighting back, and it and that emboldens you, then you're a coward. Yeah. Um, cowards feed on the the, the nonviolent. Um, idea ideation of the person they're bullying. The person doesn't want to re- or respond or reciprocate, and so because the person isn't fighting back, it emboldens you. That's cowardice, and so that's the first piece. So, so if he's being bullied, then the bullying is a form of persecution. Mm. 
now. But if you are coming at people with with racism or supremacy and, and then you're being you're being clapped back at or and people coming at you, that's not prosecu- that's not persecution, that's prosecution. That's a whole different thing. Right. Um, um, it, I don't know which, which one is true in this situation. Of course, we, as, as parents and adults, we, we would encourage kids, we don't want them fighting. Sure. But, but you know, um, if, if you're taking your mother's um, racist ideology and you take it to the school, or even if you show up to church, with, uh, show up to school rather with a Confederate, uh, a shirt with a Confederate flag on or, or, or you know, or you walk walking around knowing what uh, "Make America Great Again" stands for. You said you, you're wearing your mica hat or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's 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 gonna it's gonna stir up some attention. Sure. So so, but what I saw in the video, Gerard, and you you could uh, correct me and tell me what you saw. Okay. Um, but I saw initially a young man who was genuinely disturbed at the bullying element of society. Uh, what did you make of that? I mean, yeah, you know, it's funny because I I could see that. Um, I, I could see that. And yet I was, I don't know. I was just a little, I was, I was hesitant to do all the reposting that everyone did and I couldn't quite figure out why I was too, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was just, I saw everybody making a big deal about it. And then kind of my MO is I will go and I will check and I will research before I just jump into something because things just get real weird around here. But I just, it felt weird. It felt weird, yeah. and I guess part part of the reason that it fe- feels weird is because most people who get bullied are usually afraid to get on camera, and they're afraid to get on camera for fear of furthering the bullying. Right. So they try to find somebody who they can tell that they can trust, but that's part of the I guess that's part of the challenge of bullying, whether it is on that level or up to the level that we're seeing with the sexual misconduct in our country. Uh, it, it it all serves as a form of bullying when you try to exert your power over somebody. And so for me, right. I think as I'm thinking about it, it was like, okay, there's a camera on this kid, and he's talking, and there was more than one video. And yeah. I'm like, this is interesting. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's an unusual boldness for someone who is in the middle of being bullied. Not that you've come out of it. Not that it's over. So those kinds of things give me pause for concern. That was my thought. Yeah. When, when I first saw it, too, uh, you know, I, I, I've learned, man. I've, I've been a part of um, seeing something go viral and jumping right on it, kind of bandwagoning mm-hmm. before I review it and this one struck me strange i i, I saw that I, I actually was taken by the compassion of kirk franklin and different um celebrities sure. watching them respond to this was kind of me um kind of uh, vicariously uh kind of saying yeah yeah kirk i would do that too mm-hmm. and, and 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 um did you see the video there's a video that was released by i guess an mma fighter and he was talking about how he reached out to them he was trying to re- befriend the guy and and how um the mother was kind of just really making an appeal for money. I heard about that. Right, I saw that. And, and so the GoFundMe, they started this GoFundMe account that the, the summer saying is over 50,000, summer saying is up to 100,000. Wow. And, and, this, and this is what I believe. I believe that, I believe, again, maybe there were separate incidents. There is the bullying thing, but then the mother being who she is saw an opportunity for, to, um, to monetize it. Mm-hmm. 
And then and then um, the guy, one, the one particular guy that kind of called her out, I think his name is Joe Schilling or something like that. Mm-hmm. He actually went and kind of did his research. I mean, you know, you're doing your due diligence and then he realizes, man, this woman is like really, really into this um, um, racial divide thing. Yeah. And then he, he posted a picture of actually a, a, a screenshot of a text exchange he had with her. When in, in one part where she even made the comment that um, um, us whites sticking together and, and he was really he became really uh, irate with her because he said that all the people that know him knows he's not about um, racism. Right. And, and so th- that's 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 the, the nation is in a bad place because. Um, again, and Gerard, I don't know if you remember me saying this, but I talked to you about Babylon some time ago. Yes. Bab- the, the Bible says, notice the Spirit of God never uses um, terminology, numerology, or anything like that arbitrarily. What he does when God says something, it may not make sense to us when he says it, but then if you study it close enough, you'll see how it relates. Mm-hmm. He, he, he spoke of, he, uh, in the book of Revelation, when it talks about the tribulation period and the, the end time things, uh, eschatology he talks about mystery babylon babylon the great mm-hmm. the, um, of course you know you go back to, to genesis and talk about the tower of babel or babel but what you need to understand is this um the the definition of babylon is confusion by mixture mm. confusion by, by mixture we talked about this before and, and then here we have again it's bullying yes but it's mixed in with racism wow and so the response is going to be confused because people are confused. Mm. I mean, look, look again. Remember, and in, in, in we were talking about how on the left they have compassion but immorality. On the right, you have religion but bigotry. It's it's always it's it's it's, it's the exact thing that Eve encountered in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. It, it, the the good part of it is yes, it's, it's a tree to make you wise. It's a tree to be desired. The the the, the, the evil part of it is it's going to kill you. Right. And and that's what we're having in, in this situation. This is another version, another uh, uh, manifestation of this Babylon concept. And we have to be careful as believers, even as as, as we weigh situations. Um, there's one scripture in, in, uh, that Jesus actually verbalized. He said that uh, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. He, and a better translation from the Elizabethan is because... There'll be so much craziness going on. Mm-hmm. It'll be easier for people to just not try to get involved. Oh, wow. And and, th- and that's what we're seeing. It's like in this situation right here. I mean, you, I, I was just like you, Gerard. When I saw it, I said, hmm, this is, I get it. Yeah. But I, but I, I, well, let's see what, let's, let's see how this plays out right, first. Right, right. You know, that, that's, that's the way I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the, the, that um, um, the people who jump in are are the people who will eventually say, you know what, man, I I, I got involved before and it turned out to be something that it wasn't uh, that it didn't appear to be. So I'm not even messing. With. Those are the people who are going to pull back the hardest. Right. And I, I would suggest to everyone, you know, be careful. Just we're living in a time where where it, instead of just rushing in, when you, you just kind of take a minute survey it, get wisdom on it, ask the Lord, what am I looking at? What am I seeing? Do, um, do, I can't move on my feelings because my feelings are, are, are typically um, um, not as stable as, as my logic will be. Mm-hmm. I need to really think this through and say, okay, now let me make a statement about that or now let me get involved in that. 
You know, perhaps that logic would have been true um, for those who came out and supported uh, Donald Trump. Yes, we talk about Donald Trump a lot, but we have to, Um, particularly when he decided to announce that he was acknowledging Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Uh, I I was shocked at so many pastors who felt like, yes, this is the way to go. We should support and pray for Donald Trump because he is doing what the Bible says. And I just I just kind of sat back and I was like, but wait, since when do you look at somebody else's country and say, I'm going to call this city the capital? It's like somebody coming over here and saying, hey, you know what? I think San Francisco should be the capital of the United States. So, yes, that's what we're recognizing, completely ignoring D.C., our government, whatever we have in, in place. How should we as believers respond to this whole Trump Jerusalem assertion, which he is continuing, and it has naturally caused quite a bit of a stir in Jerusalem and all around the world. Well, you know, first of all, I'm going to say this, you know, one of the things that, that you notice that whenever Obama would pray um, or do anything, they will minimize it. But then Trump say Jesus, or he says God, and all of a sudden he's, he's a man of God, right. he's a chosen one. Uh, the, the problem with this is that the, there's, a, there's flawed theology involved, that's number one. Um, and then also... the you know, I remember when the Apostle Paul was in um, in Macedonia. He had, he had received the Macedonia call when he was on his way. Um, while he was there, he was on his way to the temple. They were, they were going to prayer, and every day this 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 woman with a with a um, a, a spirit. The Bible says uh, a familiar spirit will follow them and saying, these men are, are men of the most high God sent to, you know, right. she was saying the, she was saying all the right things. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the Bible says about the third day. So it grieved Paul, man. It grieved the spirit. He turned to her and he, he told his spirit to shut up. He casted out the woman and that got him in prison. Right. Because because we need to be careful and understand that that because a person is uh, Donald Trump is responding to what these evangelicals are telling him should be done. Mm. But the problem is, the problem is, here's a, these evangelicals have read the Bible and they see something God said he's going to do. Mm. He, God is going to restore um, um, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. God is going to do that. Right. He didn't tell us to do it. And that's the, the, the thing is we sometimes God would tell us to do something. Then, we, then we'll say, well, God is going to do it. And he told you to do it. Right. Uh, uh, there, listen, God, the things that God told you to do, he won't do. Hmm. He, he he won't do it if he told you to do it. You get it, and 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 um, I think that in a situation like this, where, where these people are going off, is that it makes no difference what we say from America. We cannot we cannot um um legislate that move. Right. Israel was Israel was was um and there's a lot of history there. And I wish I, I I'm gonna try to condense it. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Israel. The Israelites were moved out of, of their homeland through a thing that's called the diaspora. The right. diaspora was the dispersion of God's people for disobedience. And then um, in AD 70, um, after the Jews rejected Jesus, in AD 70, the Bible says that Rome, uh, a matter of fact, it's in history, but the Bible makes reference to it, where, where Rome came in and they destroyed the temple, they destroyed Jerusalem, and, and it was just it was just horrible. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's in AD 70. Okay. Of course, we know um, uh, in the in the late uh in, in the late 20th century, um, Jerusalem or Israel became a nation again, and the Israelites stopped coming back from different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. When they came back, there were other people groups living where they were. Mm. 
Now, now watch this. God acknowledges nation, uh, Israel as a nation. And yes, Jerusalem will be this will be restored as a capital because because the Bible says that um, that um, Jerusalem historically was the chief city of Israel, which means like we would call the capital city. It was the chief city. Mm-hmm. It used to be a stronghold of a, a, a people group called the Jebusites. And um, it was also called the city of David. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it was the chief city. But since the diaspora and since uh, the Israelites had been has been had been kicked out of the land by God for disobedience, and then they've been brought back, there has to be now some type of of um um negotiation and some type of 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 cold dwelling with the, the people that live there. Because I mean, what do we do? We can't just move them out. Oh, we're back now. We, we right, can't do that. Right. And the Palestinians' response to this was was kind of phenomenal to me. They say, okay, well, if you want to acknowledge. If you want to acknowledge that um that Jerusalem is the is the capital city of Israel, then um we're gonna we're gonna acknowledge that, that Texas and California are parts of Mexico. <laughs> right. Because, right, because technically what you did was um um his, uh, you you do your history, what America did was we took that land from Mexico. Mm. We did. And uh, and while we're talking about it, we took the land from Hawaii. Right. We sent we sent messen- we sent missionaries um we sent spies to Hawaii um, posing as missionaries and took their land from them. Wow. Their queen flew to D.C. to beg our president not to do it, and we did it anyway under the Christian flag. Wow. I mean, I mean, and I'm, listen, and I'm, you know, let me, when I say I'm American to the bone, mm-hmm. okay, um, uh, I love the United States of America. We have a great nation, but we can't whitewash our history, right? Um, this thing about with, with uh, that Donald Trump did to me, he over he's overreaching. Mm-hmm. It is none of our business. It's not a not, not it's, it's one thing to say, well, we're gonna uh, um, we we're moving our uh, embassy to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. You can say that, right? But you can't. You have no authority to say that we're declaring or we're recognizing Jerusalem as a capital. You don't have that authority. And and um, God did not send us. That is not peacemaking. Right. It has to be a supernatural thing where God moves on the hearts of those people to to, to um give this a distinction mm-hmm. the city of Jerusalem. Cause that's a big deal, and Jerusalem is a hotbed. If you, I've never been there, but um, I've been studying Jerusalem, and a lot of uh, people that I've known, ministers, have been there, and they said you'd be surprised at, at how crazy a place Jerusalem is. Wow! Every major religion in the world is represented in Jerusalem. That's true. It's a battlefield that's been going on for centuries. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. We got something to say. Listen! Did you know that there is power in your words? Cement that with the brand new remixes to the single, It Is So, from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Pick up the remixes to It Is So from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, available now at all digital outlets. Let's go! Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. 
prayer at first was a struggle because you know it, it really takes faith to pray you have to you have to trust that God is like a person he's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer in this book you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want it's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about him yes. pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. That, that, that's really, really heavy. And it's, again, you know, I'm, I'm moved by often the lack of research people do when they decide to support certain statements and things of that nature. And so, again, kind of going back to something that we talked about in a, in a previous session, you know, when we were talking about Roy Moore, and, and I don't understand how we, for lack of a better word, compartmentalize the way we support different people. So, for instance, you've got these prominent pastors and preachers who many of us have supported over the years, who are now backing Donald Trump, and they're backing yeah. him because they believe in his quote-unquote Christian values that seem invisible to us. Like, yeah. how, how, do we, how do we deal with this? And is this kind of a, um, a picture of what we could arguably call cultural Christianity? Yeah, it is cultural Christianity, and... and- there are there are different brands of, of, of cultural Christianity. You know, there, there are two different kinds. There's matter of fact, in America, um, if you go to a black church, you will see cultural Christianity in a way that sure. you've <laughs> never experienced it before. Right. And then you go to a, what's called a predominantly white church and you'll see a different kind of cultural Christianity. Yeah. Um, and and the, the way it works is, um, you know, culture comes out of community. OK. Um, you know, the, the, the foundation will be a community, a gathering of people together for various on causes and reasons they come together where there's a, a common cause that the word common is in the word community mm-hmm. and then out of that interaction comes a culture it's it's what we value as, together as a group but what what we like together and then you, you got it and then mm-hmm. out of that comes a choice of whether i want to be a part of that so so what, what you're seeing is yes that cultural christianity is a form of christianity that is not necessarily biblical christianity hmm it's based on, on, on passed down traditions and, and things that we were taught and things that we believe that may not necessarily be in the Bible. For example, if you, if you came out of the, the segregated South and you were, matter of fact, go before that, you came out of, of, of the slave trade South mm-hmm. and, and you were taught that, that um, black people don't have souls and, and, and they are, you know, if you were taught that and you're, but you are also a Christian going to church and you were hearing this in church, then it could be that your Christianity is tainted with this false doctrine, this false information, and it can affect the way you express that Christianity to others. Wow. You see? And, and so the cultural Christianity is, well, we, cultural Christianity is devoid of the power um of what the Bible says Christianity should be. Matter of fact, Paul calls it in one place, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Yeah. The Jews, many Jews who came to Christ, practiced what we call cultural Christianity, in that they believed that um, to be a real Christian, the Gentiles had to be circumcised. So what they were saying was, before you could be a Christian, you have to become a Jew. Mm. 
But that was never part of the teaching of Christ. That was never a part of the gospel. That's something that they, because and, and here is why they did it, Gerard, because in their culture, they believed that the Jews were the chosen people. And if you want to be, if you want to be Christian, you got to first be a Jew. You have to keep the law. You have to do all these things. And, and, and of course, that was rejected. That entire book of Galatians is about that um, dispelling or rejection of cultural Christianity. Wow. Wow. So so then that means because it's it's funny, as you say that, that also means that the bulk of us have been dealing with Christianity through the colander of our, our of our culture. Yes. <sighs> yes. If you, and what it is, is and let me I mean, okay, you go to a black church. I mean, I said predominantly black church. Sure. And, and, and we subscribe. I don't care if it's a high church, if it's, if it's a storefront. Mm-hmm. We. I mean, there's going to be, if, if it, all things be equal, the, the proverbial praise break. Right. You know, it's going to be a praise break. It's going to be, I mean, we, we, we traditionally worship loud, and, and, it, and we got that in our culture from the slaves. That was the only emotional release. That's the way we connected with God. That's the way we connected with one another, and it was passed down from generation to generation. It, it has an element of cultural Christianity in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Um, um, as a, same thing with, with uh, uh, people... Um, again, I, I, making reference to the people who received their Christianity um, under the guise of supremacy, right? Under in the notion that that we are a superior race, um, you're going to see things. Ba- you're going to see um, even the way you perceive what God wants or what God is saying. The way you interpret Scripture mm-hmm. is going to be perceived through those lenses. Wow. Wow. Through those lenses. And so uh, the, one of the big issues right now is, um, I don't know if you saw this, but you know, the, the president, the sitting president has a, 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 a pastoral advisory council. Yes, I heard about that. And, and when you see the pictures of these guys, man, these are, these were some of the leading voices, man. They were, they were some of the leading voices. Many of them, and, and I say this, and I've not seen it apologetically at all. Many of them got their voice, their national voice from the black church. Right. Right. Um, 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 so some have even re- uh, referred to them as preaching in, with black face. I mean, they, 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 mm. uh, uh, um. They, they get up there and, and they, 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 they preach to a, a uh, oppressed people mm-hmm. a message of hope. But then when this whole Trump train comes along, now they become who they really are. They, 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 they actually show you how they really see things. Wow. And, and I, I believe one of the problems with cultural Christianity is that it worships at the altar of power, at the altar of mammon. It worships, it worships capitalism. Hmm. And and, and, and and as far as they're concerned, um, uh, uh, capitalism and Christ are equal in value. Mm. Equal in value. And and that again is is based on a cultural perspective. And it's yeah. it's wow. The the whole idea of cultural uh, uh, Christianity really explains the differences between the ways in which we worship, uh, the music that we write, all of yep. those kinds of things, because it has everything to do with how we see God. I think a lot about uh, conversations I, I had with a, with my uh, worship pastor back in Virginia Beach, and he always wanted to understand the differences between um, churches predominantly in with an African-American population and right. churches. Churches predominantly with a European uh, 
population because of the ways in which we worshiped. So he felt like African-American churches worship with more passion um, and more expression, to which I explained to him a lot of that has to do with, you know, our background of oppression and the yep. church being the only place that we would get to fully express ourselves. But the flip side to it is our Caucasian brothers and sisters see God differently because they did not have to use him to get out of things in terms of oppression. So God looks completely different to them than he does to us. And so when you try to merge the two, you know, because for most of us, all we've seen is one side. It always looks like the other side either has it totally right or totally wrong. Correct. Correct. You know, what's, what's interesting is about this. Um, you said something powerful, how we see God. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to see God initially based on our need. That's good. Initially based on our need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's amazing how God will actually allow us in many cases to be backed into a corner. Understanding that we're going to see him based on where where we see ourselves, not mm. not how we see ourselves, where we see ourselves. Wow. And so, so you have the slave and, and the children of slave are coming from an oppressed place. They're seeking deliverance. We're seeking deliverance from oppression and from the oppressor. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, um, you have the, the, the people who are the oppressor, but see themselves as those who are are. are Fulfilling the will of God because some somewhere along the line, and this is real, um, someone in church told them that black people are black because they are cursed with the mark of Cain, mm. and basically, um, um, they are uh, they, they use they, they go back and use biblical uh, terminology to ex- to explain that God. That's why God wanted all the Canaanites destroyed because uh, we were we uh, uh, the black people were the disruptors. And and in my church for years, I taught a, a lesson called the biblical heritage factor, where I went from Genesis all the, from Genesis ten, um, which, which is a central division of all the people groups in the world. Genesis ten, and you go all the way through the Bible, and I was able to show. Um, my church that the Bible is a Shemitic book, a, a Shemitic book. It means it follows the, the descendants of Shem. It follows them all the way through because God has determined that the line, the lineage of the Messiah will come through Shem. Mm-hmm. Um, a Shemite and a Semite is the same thing. Anti-Semitic means you, that means you're against the, the lineage of, 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 of Shem. Wow. Why? Why is there? Why is that? Why are they anti-Semitic people? And how come it keeps it keeps coming up? It's because Satan hates the lineage of Shem because that's the line that Jesus came through. Mm. You got it. So the, the Holy Spirit is only tracking the lineage of Shem through the Bible. That's who it's a Shemitic book. And so you don't run into white people who we call Caucasian people till the Book of Matthew. Wow. You don't. You you saw you thought from Genesis all the way up. Everybody in the from Genesis to you know think about it. You know you look at the old the old movie the Ten Commandment and, and you think of Moses. He's on a rock standing right. with a rod in his hand. The wind is blowing in his beard. And you and I used to challenge my church to close your eye. I call a name and tell me. What, I said tell me what color he was. Mm-hmm. And then when I when I start pulling out certain scriptures, then why does the Bible say this? Okay, here's a good example. I'm gonna throw, just throw a random one at you. Okay. Yeah. When Moses first left Egypt and went to um, Midian, mm-hmm. the Midianites, the, um, the, 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 daughters, the daughters of Jethro, were at the uh, well um, watering their sheep when they were being um, harassed by some, some locals. Mm-hmm. When Moses came along, Moses fought off the locals and, and, um, and helped the, the daughters water their sheep. 
They went home and told their dad an Egyptian mm. helped us. And so the father asked, well, where is he? Now, how did they mistake Moses for the Egyptians when back then, according to the hieroglyphics, the Egyptians were black people? Right. Okay. Here's another thing. So we, the Bible says that David had an affair with Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. She was married to Uriah the Hittite. Right. If, if you go to Genesis 10, you see the Hittites are the descendants of Ham. They were black people too. Wow. So how did David think? I don't even remember this. He, told, he, told, he sent Bathsheba home. He sent for Uriah. He sent, he told Uriah, you can go home and spend some time with your wife, hoping that Uriah would sleep with his wife. When the baby is born, they would think that it, well, well, it was his. Right. Well, how can black Uriah think that his wife's baby will be his mm. if, if, if David wasn't, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. And Bathsheba, if, if Uriah is a Hittite, then we have to su surmise that Bathsheba was a Hittite as well. Right. Okay. So if, 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 if Bathsheba is a Hittite, and Solomon is, is David and Bathsheba's son, then why is Solomon not dark? Wow. See, all now like people get I have people leave my church when I start telling them this. Here's a, here's a scientific fact. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have melanin in your skin, mm -hmm. okay? Um, if you don't have, if you have no melanin, or if you have a, a little amount of melanin, when you when you go in the sun, you burn. Right. Because because what melanin does, and I'm I'm not a deep uh, biologist or scientist, but I, I know this much, that what that, that melanin in your in your body responds to the sun. It rises up to protect the skin from the effects of the sun. Correct. Right. So watch this. If 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 you if you're a father, and you sire a, a child, and you have uh, let's say. Your melanin level is only ten percent. I'm throwing the number out there. Right. Then it's right. impossible that your child will have more melanin than you did. Right. Right. You can have less, but not more. Now, so go all the way back to Adam. How is Adam the father of all humans, and he didn't have melanin? Okay, so he had to have melanin in his skin. Where did he live? Outside in the garden. Right. If he's living outside the garden, that means the sun is coming down on him. If the sun is coming down on him, according to scientific fact, that means the melanin is rising to the, rising to the surface. And when melanin rises to the surface, your skin darkens. Wow. I mean, I know we, this is not the topic we're talking about. But what I'm trying to show is that is that it, when you start looking at people, the way we see God, the, we, we many times we're we're programmed to see God as one of us, right, and not one of, and not one of them. And so cultural Christianity works like this. Uh, in, 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 in black culture, we, we go to God as the deliverer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's the one that, that, that rescues us. Listen, but in sometimes, uh, in, and I'm not speaking of traditional white churches. I'm speaking, I'm not, not saying traditional white churches. I'm not speaking about white churches who really have a revelation of God. I'm talking about the ones who practice cultural Christianity. They will go and see God as the one that empowered them with, with, um, with privilege. Mm -hmm. He gave them their, their identity of privilege. And so they can, they worship him. Even you listen to the song that they're comfortable with. And you see that this is a whole different thing. Yeah. And, and I know this is freaking some people out, but it's, you know, the truth is truth. And, and these are things that we need to talk about. Yeah. What you're seeing, if you're, if you're following the political climate in America and you wonder how can these evangelicals vote for these people? It's because they're practicing a brand of Christianity that is not real. It is cultural. It, it, it is the kind of Christianity that, that, 
that um, reinforces for them that their deception is real, that, that they are a master race, that they are uh, uh, um, superior to other races. And they, and this they have to uh, practice this to solidify that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay, it's a lot. <laughs> wow. No, no, no. And, and and I think, again, all of this becomes very intriguing and very thought-provoking because my mind says, okay, so if our Caucasian brothers and sisters don't show up in the Bible until the New Testament, number one, how do people call Christianity the white man's religion? That doesn't make any sense. And then secondly, though, how does... A group of people who weren't included now turn around and make themselves dominant. I, I, yeah. I, I yeah. So lots to think about. <laughs> We've given yeah. you a whole lot to talk about on this one, guys. So make sure you share your thoughts with us uh, via social media. You can use the hashtag heart to heart. That's H A R T, the number two, and then H E A R T, or on course. We'll definitely check those to see and hear your thoughts, and we may share some of those in a future episode. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and download our podcast and share this with a friend as we've got more great things that we're doing to get you on course with Heart Ramsey.